of Fan Holes Big in Japan. I'm Justin, and I'll be your host this evening. Joining me tonight is one of my fellow Fan Holes. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. And no, I have not been stealing all the panties from the neighborhood. How could you think such a thing of me? <laughs> if you couldn't tell from that, we will be discussing Ranma one half of Season 2 on this episode. And I feel like Rama needs no lengthy introduction or synopsis. We're just going to jump right into this. Uh, there is one thing I want to mention just right off the bat. I kind of forgot to mention this uh, the previous episode. Derek is actually watching the dub, and I'm watching the sub. And that's just kind of what we each prefer. Like Derek likes to support any kind of like anime dub, and I, I just kind of prefer subtitles, but I'm not I'm not snobbish about it. I do I do enjoy a good dub from time to time. I think that in terms of me, sometimes if I have the time to watch both versions, I will. But I think in this case, since we're we're watching them a season at a time, I think I I stuck to the dub and and haven't actually gone back and you know watched anything subtitled to this point. But you know, I mean, it might be a cool way to revisit the series later down the road. Yeah, when I when I was prepping for season two, I actually went back and I ended up watching the skating art from season one, and I watched it. The I watched the dub of that, and I okay. I kind of enjoyed that. But um, yeah. And another little thing, and it's I know Derek had some questions about this, and I I, I still kind of like scratch my head over this. But we're watching the you know the DVD Blu-ray sets, and just the way they're split up, or it's kind of weird. It's like. For whatever reason, Viz Media numbers like episodes 24 through 46 as season two. But for whatever reason, that includes like six episodes from season three. I, I don't know why, but they decided every season set has to have 23 episodes. So we end up with, you know, some episodes from season three, which season one, we also discussed a couple episodes from season two. But that kind of I, I know you were kind of asking me about that. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's. Yeah, because Weird, I, 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 I would notice how the, the intros would basically change up mm, as mm -hmm. I was going through the, the quote-unquote season sets. And, and that's when I kind of was telling you, I'm like, you know, I think I must have watched episodes from season three because, the one, the intro changed up. And I'm, like, starting to realize, like, oh, just because it's, you know, I, basically, I guess you could say I watched collection two instead of season two. Or, you know, the, the way they... Yeah. they like if you look on like Wikipedia, for example, the way they they list the numeric order of the 
like I guess the air dates versus the the viz media order of episodes like those are also slightly different you know where that that 23 24 25 is really like 18 19 and 20 or so you know like different mm-hmm. different things yeah. like that so so I'm sitting there going well you know I I guess unfortunately I'm not I am not advanced enough to to know how I'm supposed to watch them, and I'm just watching them in order, you know. So I'm like, yeah. you know, I just I, I I just take them as they come and stuff. And you know, occasionally I'll notice things where I'm like, hey, maybe I should have. It seems like they're talking about stuff that happened already, but you know, I guess that's just the way the way they decided to order those those episodes. But you know, for the most part, I mean, I think it's been fine. Like I I, I kind of like that I have everything at my beck and call when we do this stuff. Oh, and then another thing that might be kind of fun to mention is there was a uh, a sale at Right Stuff Anime, so I I plugged in the code and got I don't know what it was like 30% off, so I I should have the the OVA Blu-ray set or whatever pretty soon. So then oh. I should have everything. So Cool. Season two introduces quite a number of new characters. Do you have any strong feelings about these characters, either positive or negative, Darren? You you know what I was going to say was I I felt like and this is not entirely true because I don't I don't think the first season was a love triangle as we know it. I guess what I would say just to to make an extreme statement is I, I think I had a handle on the love triangle, even if it was like a love square at times where you had Akane and Ryoga and Shampoo and then Ranma. And, and, you know, I guess even more so than that, you know, when Ranma turns into a girl and you've got, you know, the people that are going after her in that guise as well, it's it's far more than a square or a triangle. But I felt like the essentials of the characters I just listed, like I had my head wrapped around. So I, I knew all that stuff. And I think this season it kind of explodes to where I'm like, what is this, like a love octagon? Like a love, <laughs> yeah. you know, a love hexagon? Like what is going on? Like, I mean, it, it just kind of gets really crazy because you've got, I, I guess the, the characters you might be referring to is like somebody like Moose. And it's like, do you, do you like that character? Do you hate that character? Do you feel empathy for the character? It's it's funny. I think, I think sometimes it can be all of those things, right? Because... Sometimes you're like, God, Moose, you're fucking dumb. Like, Shampoo is not into you. Like, give it up. But then at the same time, you're kind of like, oh, man, like, Moose did all this cool shit for Shampoo, and she she doesn't even, like, really appreciate him and stuff. And it's like, that's kind of fucked up. And, you know, like, so so you're, you're kind of going back and forth. But th- it's funny how, like, all of Ranma's, I guess, rivals or antagonists or whatever, they all seem to have, like, goofy-ass hubris or fatal flaws like because it's like ryoga can't fucking follow directions to save his life but moose is like blinder than a bat i mean it's like (laughs) he might be an expert fighter and stuff but it's like there's all kinds of comedy and hijinks that comes from the fact that he cannot he cannot see you know directly what is in front of him whether you know he's about to you know, I don't know, make out with a with a duck or whatever it is, you know, like just crazy, crazy stuff where he doesn't get like the, the slab of meat is is not Akane or whatever, you know, like the, just dumb stuff yeah, like that. Like the, the pig where he thinks he's kidnapped Akane, but it's actually like a stuffed pig and right, she's like, right. I'm over here. Right, right. And it's like, you know, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, the, you know, it, 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 those kind of things do do make me chuckle. Like I it's one of those things where to have something like this, which is essentially a romantic comedy with slivers of action dispersed throughout, 
you you can't you know it's it's the moonlighting thing you know you can't have Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd get together there always has to be conflict even though at some points Ranma and Akane may see eye to eye the way they perpetuate the conflict is by introducing these third parties that sort of screw up any kind of happy discourse I guess for lack of a better term so you've got you know like Moose even if you get to the point where Shampoo, Akane, and Ranma all are starting to see eye to eye and they don't all like hate each other's guts, you throw Moose into that mix and then it generates the same conflict that you want in these situations. And, you know, because of Moose's shortcomings, there's a lot of comedy and hijinks that also comes out of their interactions and everything. So, I mean, in that sense, like, it's good to kind of revitalize and refresh the basic premise of the show. I'm just trying to, like, I, I don't remember all these characters' names and stuff, too, because I, I, I just kind of watched it, so I'm, like, sitting there trying to, like, refresh my memory on, like, because besides Shampoo and Moose, there was, I guess technically it's from season three, but I'm, like, trying to remember the, oh, uh, Ukio. Is the person I was thinking of the the, oh. the the girl that that Ranma has like a childhood friendship with, and they, mm-hmm. you know, he he was promised to her as well, and then you know he didn't even know that she was a girl <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. So like, there's her, and then I think as they keep going into it, there's that there there's the girl that likes Ukio and then doesn't even care that she's a girl, you know? Like, so, like, it, it just, like, that's kind of what I mean by the whole, you know, hexagon-octagon love triangle, that it just keeps expanding and, and getting kind of, you know, crazier and crazier. And then, you know, you reintroduce some of the characters we knew from from the first season, like Ryoga, and, and see, you know, what happens in the context of, you know, you know what, what I guess the previously established rules that were we're used to and everything so what did you think about haposai you know you know what's funny is like he's you know obviously like that that's my avatar is haposai is is hanging out with uh pervy sage and master roshi you know in front of hokage you know mount rushmore or whatever there's like a photoshop that somebody did of all three of them together i mean he clearly fits that trope of you know the the pervy wise old master type character and everything and there's some comedy that comes from the notion that Ranma's dad Tendo you know they both sort of revere him and fear him but 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 any chance they get to sort of pay him back for any any kind of misconduct like they take full advantage of it as well so it's it, it it you know, there's there's a lot of comedy that comes out of Haposai. I think my I I did kind of set aside like to talk about like some of the episodes of this season that were my favorites. But just to bring up Haposai, I I would say that probably my my second favorite episode in this season was the bathhouse battle. We're in some hot yeah. water now, and that that was probably one of the episodes that like I really really enjoyed. Like I thought was funny because you know I I can't name episode names, but this seems like a, a standard comedy trope in Japanese media, where it's like in other words, if this if if Japan had made Three's Company, 
there would be an episode <laughs> about Jack right. Tripper and the girls going to the bathhouse and, and, you know, Larry from the Regal Beagle would come over and be like, dude, Jack, we totally got to look over the wall and check out Janet and Chrissy and all this kind of stuff. And hijinks would ensue. And, and this is kind of what is going on in the context of, of this episode, except for you throw in the, the rules that we already know and are established where, you know, Ranma is on the, 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 the male side of the, the bathhouse. And then when he, get splashed with the cold water then he's a girl running around and you know when he goes to the girl's side and then you know gets hit with the hot water and you know basically then all the girls want to beat him up and everything and you know you you kind of feel bad because obviously he he is being sort of manipulated and everything so you you, you know you you've got that sense that like you're like oh man he got screwed because you know Hoposai is sitting there you know like totally trying to you know, any chance he gets, you know, and, and the idea is he, he's not to let the lecherous old man out of his sight, you know, and, but then when he tries to, you know, maintain the honor of these ladies on the other side of the wall, his thanks is to get beat shit out of because he <laughs> accidentally goes over there and that, you know, it's supposed to be humorous and everything, but if you, if you dwell on it a little bit too long, you're kind of like, oh man, that's, that's kind of messed up. Like he's not, he, he, you know, Ranma was never out to, you know, catch a, catch a glimpse of these girls. Like he was just trying to keep the lecherous old man away, you know? And, and so that's, that's un unfortunately the, the outcome of, of what happens in, in that kind yeah, of episode I, and everything. I think, I think that episode, it's like Rama and Haposai are talking and Rama's like, Akani has nothing I want to see. And she hops over the thing and she's like, sorry to disappoint you. And she hits him in the head with like one of those like bowls or whatever. <laughs> like I started cracking up. Well, it's, it's like that phrase, you know, you're, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, you know, like, like Rama yeah. cannot win in that scenario. Yeah. If he, if he, if he wants to see a glimpse of a naked Akane, well then he's a pervert. If he doesn't, then he finds her unattractive, and it's like, yeah. you're, you know, you're so uncute, you know, and, and thus, then she's also irate with him because, you know, he's, he's not into her, so it, it, it doesn't matter, like, it's, it's, it's kind of like that, that, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure... I don't know. I don't know what happens at the end of the series or whatever, but it's like if Ranma and Akane become an old married couple, it's like he's going to learn soon enough. Like he's always going to be wrong, right? So I mean, this <laughs> is this is a perfect example of that, you know. Like so, you know, it do it doesn't really matter what his intent was and everything. I think it's interesting that you mentioned because it's funny. Like I get the trope of Posai. Like there are funny things that happen. There there were some dare I say it subversions of my ex expectations in in the course of the uh season because there 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 are those moments where he is threatening i guess the you know uh, Ranma and 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 Tendo and and his father and all that stuff and there's these moments where you think oh crap he's going to bust out like the super saiyan you know, Hokuto Shinken, like what, you know, he's some summoning his she and, and spirit and all this stuff. And he's going to unload on them. And then he's going to like, Oh, I totally forgot how to do that move. And then they all <laughs> fucking flop over anime style and everything. And it's like, they were all nervous for a minute, but then it, it's like, he, you know, or, or he's going to read the secret scroll and he's like, I can't read what the hell I wrote, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. And then they all flop over. And so it's like, there, there are points where I was like, I, I guess my expectation, you know, I guess being exposed to stuff like Dragon Ball, Naruto, Yu Yu Hakusho, like all these tournament fighting style anime, 
there are fights in this, but I think it, it leaned more heavily towards the comedic. The the joke was put on the pedestal. So in that sense, I was like kind of surprised that like it's I guess when when they got all super serious ors or it felt that way. You know when he's like summoning all this energy, I thought, oh crap, is he really gonna like? Are they gonna have like this mega awesome like super awesome fight? And it's like even when even when Cologne and 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 him face off, you're like, oh, are these two ancient like super awesome masters gonna have a fight with one another and instead it's like he like you know picks her bra or whatever you know i forget how that goes down but they they both kind of do the 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 move and swipe past each other and have this showdown but it just turns out he he totally like swiped the bra from her or something like that and it's just like you know one of those things where in the back of your head you're kind of like oh that's it like that there's not going to be anything like really super serious or anything like that and i think I still like the character. I think it got on my nerves after a while, though. Like, I, mm. I think I think he's the house guest who literally outstays his welcome. And I feel like sometimes in this season, I was, there, there were moments where, I, I forget which episode it was, but it was like, you know, they appoint Tendo to be the, the sheriff or, you know, what, whatever it was that, mm. you know, some kind of political position where he's going to help clean up the town. And they're like, you got to stop this panty thief, Tendo. You know, like, this is, this is really bad. And like, we've got this prize bra and all this other stuff that, you know, is this historical artifact and we, we really need your help and everything. And I, I think by the end of one of those episodes, he, he, you know, it's this kind of gag where he's like, all right, I've had enough. I'm going to go now. And everybody's like, oh, really? You're really going to leave? Like, for reals this time? And he's like, yep, I'm leaving. I know when I'm not wanted, I'm going away. And, like, I was kind of like them. Like, I was like, I was like the cast of characters. I was like, really? He's going? I was like, oh, thank God. Like, I've had enough of this guy. Like, he's... He's kind of been like staying there way too long and 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 taking up plot points of other things that I I I'd, I'd rather see Ranma attend to other things at this point, you know. And and I was like, oh thank God. And then like two minutes later, he comes in and goes, just kidding. And they all fucking anime flop over. And I was just kind of yeah. like, I was just kind of like, all right, well that's too bad because I. I, I kind of had my fill of him, and it, it's not that it was bad, it's not that it was a bad meal, it's just one of those things where it's like, alright, like, I've 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 had my green beans, like, I don't need any more of them, like, I, I had my helping, I'm fine, you know, and, and so there was that aspect, I think, too, where... I, I think that episode is my least favorite from this set, like, that's episode 46, The Witch Who Loved Me, a Japanese ghost story, because it has, like... The cursed phantom bra from like mm, a mm. you know a great Chinese princess, and of course Haposai like has to see it and have it, and you know this uh, ghost comes out and he ends up like you know falling in love with the ghost, and the ghost like mind zonks Rama because she's like I don't like old guys, I like this like young guy, and right, right. yeah like I I wasn't really a fan of that episode. I think like yeah I was like I I like Haposai in like small doses. The simplest way I can put it is kind of what I said before. I, I just felt like there were certain instances where the character had overstayed his welcome and, and you know, literally and figuratively where I'm like, you got to get out of the Tenma household and, and you need to like get out of this series for a little while. It's kind of like, like th that's the thing that's interesting about it is I don't mind the characters being introduced, but it's like one of those things where, you know, it's kind of like the whole Boba Fett syndrome. Like would Ryoga be as cool as he is, 
if he was in every episode? Like, wouldn't you get yeah. sick of him after a while? And it's good the way they switch it up because it's like it's him. He's human. He doesn't know where to go. He occasionally challenges Ranma, and then after a while, he goes back to being Peachon, and then he can be Peachon and 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 do the cute pig thing and do whatever, and and then it kind of varies it up a little bit. And say, I, I mean, I feel the same way about a lot of the characters where I don't feel shampoo and Ryoga and moose like i don't feel like those characters overstayed their welcome but i think haposai like was just like all right i'm here and i'm setting up shop and it's just like oh okay like and 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 in some ways it's like this sounds weird to say but i feel like tenma and 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 ranma's dad like they kind of get like you know 90s new character or whatever you know like like it's like Haposai's here and it's like well what about like these guys like like i thought they were like supposed to be the wise dads and all that other stuff it's like nope we got a wiser older dad who likes panties you know and i was just like okay well all right fine but it's just like one of those things where you're like i i kind of want like i guess i i felt their pain you know like when it got to the point where they're like wait you mean we can beat the shit out of the master too great all right <laughs> let's beat him up get the fuck out of here yeah you I, know and you kind of I felt like, like you, you kind of felt like oh well they they kind of earned that because they, they they went through all this crap with this guy and and they're in this precarious position where you know they it's it's like he's their elder so they can't they can't quite like just tell them get the fuck out but it's like you you want you want so bad for them to be like at that point where they're like all right get the fuck out of my house you know like get out yeah i like how like any chance they get they'll like slide up from off screen and just like start stomping the shit out of him and it's like from a looney tunes cartoon or something like there's this big dust cloud and they're just like so gleefully like stomping the crap out of him like that cracks me up I guess going from, you know, some of the worst episodes and just keep rolling on with, like, one of my favorite ones. I think my favorite episode, just because of, uh, you know, my own background and everything, I I really like the kissing is such sweet sorrow, the taking of Akane's lips. Like, the whole, you know, Akane joins, like, the school play and is going to play Juliet. I was going to specifically ask you about that because I know, know, uh, you know, as someone who appreciates and has performed Shakespeare, I was kind of curious, like, what you thought about that episode. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, I don't know. For me, it's always fun. Like, I like like those episodes, whether it's, you know, the the Spectacular Spider-Man episode where they have it or, you know, we've talked about things before, whether it was (laughs) Penny Dreadful or things like that. Like, when I see examples of that, it's always fun. Like, see, that's what's funny to me is, like, I went back and rewatched this again to make sure I wasn't misremembering anything because it's been a while since I watched the episode. But what what's funny is like I was looking online and stuff, and it's funny how even though you have all these wikis with you know nerd shit essentially, like where it's like mm-hmm. oh you know it, you know here here's something where you know Haposai said such and such, and you know this is this means you know could have a reference to Fist of the North Star pressure points or you know or they, they there was this other thing that in the wiki that talked about how you know I, at one point i think akane compares the fight between ranma and haposai or, or a face-off i don't really consider it a fight but like she says something to the effect of oh you know it's like it's like the toad and the snake and it's like this whole parable about you know the toad the snake and the slug and of course they compare it to you know, Naruto, where it's like, you've got Ochimaru, and you've got, you know, Pervy Sage, and, you know, so you've got all those, 
animals and everything in this fable that are represented. And so, you know, to them, it reminds them of Naruto. But for me, I'm like coming at it from like a Shakespeare nerd point of view. And like, for, for me, it's like, they're dressed up like the Franco Zeffirelli Romeo and Juliet film on stage. Mm -hmm. And then like the, the, my favorite part of it was at the very end of it, when she, she walks off, she's actually humming the theme to the Franco Zeffirelli Romeo and Juliet movie, you know, like, cause she's like, and it's funny cause it's like, it's this kind of, it, it's a very epic, you know, it's Romeo and Juliet. Like there, there's a sense of tragedy to it where it's all, you know, these violins and all this stuff, you know, the themes like, dun, 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 dun. but she's kind of humming it kind of like, and I don't know if this is just a dub thing. I, I kind of think it is a dub thing. Cause I, I can't imagine this was in the Japanese audio, but you can, you can correct me or, or let me know, but it's basically at the very end of the episode. And like, and, and as she skips off Akane, you know, she's actually kind of singing it kind of happily where she's like <laughs> and and she just kind of hums it and i'm like to me like that that's my nerd thing where if i had a, a ronma wiki that's what i would put in it but it's like regular online wikis like i don't think anybody knows about that kind of stuff so it's like there's no there's no wiki entry that says like oh cool she's humming the the franco zifarelli romeo and juliet theme as she like skips away and stuff and so like that kind of thing i i had a good time watching so i enjoyed it my uh my favorite line from that is like from hoposi it's like at the very beginning where you have like kuno who wants to be uh romeo and then hoposi comes in and he's like you know, he's all like, G shucks. He's like, imagine at my age being asked to play Romeo <laughs> and no one asked him. Like, that <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's some good stuff. I like, I like all the guys and like the, the, the guy in the Godzilla outfit and everything. Yeah. Like all these guys in the drama club, like have all these like funny outfits on and everything like that. So like that, I, I think all that kind of stuff is, is, is pretty funny. Like, you know, it, it just, in general and then and then the fact that they're like desperately trying to you know get through the the piece but then like you know the it's like you know tendo's up there he's like i will help you my boy like we'll we'll get through this together you know and it's like he's like take our hand and then i will you know read the lines to you and then <laughs> yeah. by by the middle of it he's like and and you will take my hand and i will take over the dojo and they're like wait a minute this is not this is not romeo and juliet like this is well, another thing i thought was funny is like even sasuke who was like kuno's like manservant like he even wants to be romeo because he's like disguised like as part of the balcony and he like tries to kiss Akane. Right, right. You know you know what's funny is like like this is something that I'm not super familiar with, but I I was using the the Ranma wiki as just a reference point. And I they they, they do try to make a habit of listing any discrepancies or differences between the manga and the anime. And I think they said something specifically about that. Like in the in the manga he does not Yeah, see it says uh, Sasuke's role in this episode is the most egregious example of him replacing Ghosts and Kugi. While most of his replacement positions actually work for the better, as it makes more sense that such a role would be undertaken by somebody loyal to Kuno rather than somebody who resents and hates Kuno, attempting to steal a kiss from Akane is quite out of character for Sasuke. So I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Because, like, that's something I, I mean, they, they may be, like most online things and wikis, you know, you probably take with a grain of salt, like maybe they're, you know, calling it egregious. Like, I don't know if that's, like, 
to the extreme or whatever, but it's interesting to, you know, know those things where you're like, oh, okay, that, you know, there, there, you know, obviously there's differences between, you know, besides just filler, you know, there's, there's some plot points and character, you know, sort of replacements that are slightly askew from the original source material. I know in the Japanese version, it was kind of odd to hear the names kind of stated as, you know, Romeo, Sama, and Giulietto. Mm. Like, I thought mm. that was kind of interesting. Okay, okay. That is interesting. What did you think about, like, like it's funny how, because they, they do the bit where Ranma is in the girl mode and, and, and kisses... Um, Oh, Kuno. Kuno, Kuno, right? And but but then the 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 gag is like, oh, they they put tape on his mouth, so they didn't really share a kiss. And then by the end of it, you're like, you know, Akane is kind of like, go ahead and kiss me, and 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 you think they're really kissing, but then the the gag, of course, at the end is she has also put tape on boy Ranma's mouth, <laughs> so they have. It's like they they that that could have been their first kiss. But it wasn't like so. I like is that is that something like that you just think is part of the the regular tradition of shows like this? Like you can't end the conflict, so for them to really kiss, that would be you know quote unquote the end of the show. And uh, or or is it something where you're like, oh man, I thought they were really gonna kiss. You know, I thought about this. Like I was really wanting them to kiss, and actually, this goes into something deeper because. You know, when we were discussing season one, I kind of mentioned how I was not exactly crazy about Akane. I thought she was kind of, you know, mean and harsh at times. But I feel a lot better about her character in this season. Like, I feel like they've, I feel like they've did a lot to kind of maybe soften her up. Like, her her personality isn't as abrasive, and when she gets mad at Rama, she usually has a good reason, or at least there's a good misunderstanding. And I, I guess it makes sense because, you know, in season one, she's just thrown into this relationship. You know, it's just, you know, she's resenting Rama. She wants little to do with this, you know, guy that she thinks is weird and is, you know, maybe a pervert and, you know, turns into a girl and dresses as, dresses as a woman sometimes even. And there's not like – I mean there's still some of that in season two, but there's not as much. And I think it makes sense that she would kind of, you know, start to move past that. And in season two, we see, you know, many, many times she gets jealous of Shampoo. You know, she, she, there was that episode where she was desperately trying to make good cookies for Rama to eat. You know, this episode, the Romeo and Juliet episode, like, I thought that she genuinely wanted Rama to kiss him. Like, she clearly didn't want Kuno. She obviously did not want to kiss Saposai. You know, and I, I kind of got the feeling, you know, one of the reasons she wanted to play Juliet, of course, you know, we had the little flashback where as a, where as a little girl, she was forced to play Romeo. And she was like, OK, I'll do it. But really, she wanted to be the girl like she wanted to be Juliet. And I kind of feel like deep down she wanted to play Juliet because she maybe she knew wackiness would ensue and maybe she could kiss Rama. Like that that's kind of how I feel about it. Like I. I I feel a lot better about Akane as a character in season two. Like I was genuinely rooting for her in many cases. I think you you kind of hit the nail on the head with the notion that they softened her because it it seems like at least from my perusal of some of these you know manga to anime conversions and stuff, it seems like the source material still has sort of the harsh character where she's only mm. she's only being. Juliet 
because she wants to emphasize her tomboyness. Like, like it, it, it's almost like an act of rebellion, like where it's like, yeah, I'll be Juliet, and she grabs her crotch and spits or what, you know what I mean? Like, like that, <laughs> that kind of thing. Huh. It, that, that's what it sounded like, at least from what I read. And you know, of course, I haven't read the manga itself. I'm, I'm only reading a secondhand opinion of the manga. But I, I, I think what you're saying makes sense because that was the vibe you got from this episode that she genuinely, you know. She, despite perceptions of her as a tomboy she she wanted to wear the pretty dress she wanted to basically break out of this box that she was put in as you know a defiant you know aggressive tom girl or you know whatever you want to call it right and and that she could also be refined and ladylike and beautiful and all this other stuff and and in that scene you know there there's that notion of like where you you as an audience member, as a male audience member, you know, despite all the hijinks and, and craziness and everything, there's that moment where Ranma is being upfront with her because she says, is it really going to be that bad to kiss me? And he's like, no, of course not. He's like, if it was easy, I would have just kissed you and been done with it. You yeah. know, and, and it, it's almost like that thing of like, it, it's kind of funny, like a girl may desperately want a guy to kiss her. But what Ram was saying is, you mean more to me than just a kiss, like, or more than just the physicality of it. There's, there's, there's a, a another layer to it, you know, an emotional layer, a connection there between us. You know, we, we, you know, share. And and he, he's, you know, it's a simple scene, but that's what he conveys. And at the same time, you know, she does. It, it's funny how. It, it, it's almost like Lucy-like, the way she pulls the football away from Ranma at the end of it, you know, the whole, yeah. it's like, it's like there's that aspect to it, but you really do kind of buy for a brief moment where you're like, you know, it, it's almost like she's like Lucy, but then all of a sudden, like, Lucy gets dolled up and has, like, lipstick and eyeshadow <laughs> on, and it's like, I really, really do want you to kiss me, kiss me now, and you're, like, sitting there going, oh, yeah, like, you know, I, for the most part, I did think that Akane was kind of abrasive and, and that she was kind of tomboy looking and all this other stuff. And, and but then you're sitting there going, ah, she doesn't look like a tomboy there. Like you might as well go for it, Ranma. Like she looks pretty good, you know. And and that's that moment where you're kind of like, yeah, like they should go for it. And 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 kind of like what you're saying, you, you, there is that tinge of disappointment where you're like, oh, they, you know, it's the gag. Like his his mouth is taped. It wasn't a a real kiss, even though the entire audience presumably thinks it was a real kiss like like for all those other people the the audience not us the audience but the audience for the school play the Farinkin high school play like conceivably they're all going wild when they when they kissed you know like it, it's this kind of vicarious like oh look at the romance you know type thing where they're like they're all sort of all about it yeah i think it was the romeo and juliet episode and episode 37 the the episode where she keeps desperately trying to make Ram and the cookies that kind of, you know, made me set up and kind of take uh, a closer look at the character. Because if, if she really didn't care about what Rama thought, she wouldn't have spent so much time trying to learn how to make cookies. I mean, she came in and she was mad about it at first. And she she had uh, her sister Kasumi try to teach her to cook because, you know, Kasumi was like, oh, you are you want to learn to cook? And Mr. Tindo was like, oh, that's great. Like, you're learning to, like, take up your wifely duties and stuff like you're doing your bridal training. 
and you know there's like this big kind of montage of her desperately like making cookies and you know most of them are horrible failures and she keeps you know screwing up the ingredients it's like oh well, she used vinegar instead of like sugar or something but like i said if she really didn't care she wouldn't have spent all that time trying to make good cookies to like please rama and to get his attention and and just another part of that episode that i liked it's <laughs> her cookies were so awful they made her post i cry like that crap <laughs> He's like he's. I, I love whenever Haposai gets mad or sad and he starts crying like a baby. Like that just that cracked me up. Like he he eats it and he goes black and he just starts crying and blubbering. He's like they're so awful. Other thing that you you may have missed going with the the subtitles is they they mentioned that the raccoon cookie. They they I guess in the subtitles they refer to it as a tiki, but in the in the dub. They actually call it a Power Ranger, so huh? Yeah, yeah. They yeah. they didn't say that in the, the yeah sub. yeah yeah. That's that's one of you those know, differences. So like there there uh, there are things like that where you you kind of I I always get a kick out of different things like that 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 you know it's just I guess there you know it's a loose interpretation so it's not the the strictest you know they're, they're trying to give a frame of reference that somebody might get a more immediate visceral gut reaction to than tiki you know so you know there's another question i had for you because i know you're watching the dub like you mentioned shampoo's uh great-grandmother cologne did they actually call her cologne because in the sub like they just keep calling her great granny yeah yeah i i don't think they do like like i the reason why i was calling her that is because i was trying to you know, I'm, I'm looking at this wiki trying to keep track of everybody's names and stuff. And so, like, that's, you know, I, I know that is her official name, but I, mm-hmm. I don't remember them ever calling her that, like, out loud or anything like that. Like, most times it was like, oh, the old, you know, like you're saying, granny lady or, you know, old lady or, or you know, what, or, or like, shampoo will, I think she calls her, like, gram, grandmama or, gram, you know, like, you know, I was like, oh, grandmama, well, you know. <laughs> do the thing shampoo you know like that that's basically like what i remember yeah like in the subtitles they usually say obasan which is usually translated as granny grandmother or old lady and in the subtitles it says great granny yeah i mean i would say like ranma probably calls her old lady and and, yeah yeah and and, you know shampoo probably calls her grandmama and then so i know uh, my feelings towards Akane changed with season two. Like, did your feelings towards any of the characters change with this season? Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, you know, we 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 kind of talked about. I I kind of felt like like Tendo and and um, boy, I can't even think of his name, but you know, Satome. You know, basically like Rama's dad. You know, mm-hmm. like like I, I felt like they kind of got the raw deal from Haposai and everything. So like there there is that aspect to those characters. Like like. I, I guess my feelings did change towards them, but not necessarily in like a good way. Like it was one of those things where you're like, I thought of them as the adult figures in the the series, and then bringing in kind of a more elderly, you know, despite his depravities, you know, like he is the the more elderly, you know, senior character in that dynamic. So it 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 kind of I don't know, it, it kind of messed with that, and and I think like adding all these additional suitors, like, you start thinking, like, Tomei 
I don't know. Like, like it, it kind of, you know, as, as the love triangle goes from a triangle to this octagon, you're kind of like, part of that is Satome's fault, right? Like, yeah. because you're like, dude, how many fucking little girls did you promise your son to? Like, like that kind of thing, like, I guess is, you know, I guess it's the inherent comedy of it. But at the same time, like, if you're thinking of the, you know, did my thoughts change? It's like, well, like, you start to wonder, like, you're like, well, you know, it, it sounds like he's, it, it's funny for all the notions of the martial arts being this higher standard, you know, like this, this elevated way of, of thinking and conduct, like, I, you, you, you kind of feel like Satome is, you know, for, for the purposes of comedy in this piece, you know, the, these, these, this manga or this TV series or whatever, it's like, he, he doesn't necessarily have that higher form of conduct, despite understanding, you know, how to train his son and, and fight and, and all that other kind of stuff. It seems like it's all about, you know, the, the, whatever, the social standing or just to make a, make a quick buck or, or survive to the next day. Like it's, it's, it's kind of strange. Like there, there is that weird kind of, scavenging, you know, surviving by the skin of your teeth vibe that he has, you know, where it's like, you know, they, I don't know, like, it's just one of those things, like, the, the whole thing of them, like, taking the, the cooking cart and leaving that little girl behind, like, yeah. I get it, it's supposed to be funny, but, like, you know, there's, there's that part in the back of your head where you're just kind of like, oh, man, that's a, that's a douchey thing to do, like, at least Rama was through, you know, it's, that, that, that's the part where I, I felt akin to Ranma in that, where he's like, I was three, like, what do you, what the fuck did I know? I was fucking three years old. Like, you know, it's like, it's, this is your fault, you know? Like, and, and I'm like, I'm kind of, you know, I don't care that Ron was only, you know, 16 or whatever, you know, however old he is. I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of with Ronma. I'm like, you know, Tome was the one who knew about all this stuff. He's the one who took the damn cart and left, left the little girl, you know, like. I, oh, you know, something you may have missed by just watching the dub is that that character, Yukio, She's voiced by Hiromi Suru, who is probably best well known for voicing the character of Bulma in Dragon Ball. Oh, okay. Interesting. Because, like, I, I started watching it and I was like, is that Bulma? And I had to, like, stop and quickly, you know, look it up to make sure, like, I wasn't losing my mind. But I was like, yeah, that is Bulma. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like whenever I whenever I hear Tendo, it's like you, you hear Beast Wars Megatron, you know, in your head or <laughs> yeah. whatever, you know, so. So I know we already got into this a little bit, but but are there any other uh, favorite episodes you, you want to discuss from this season? I, I, I feel like I, I covered the episodes that I, I really, really liked, but I'm trying to think if there was any other, like, I, I think like the moments, like, like the, 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 the kind of hijinks that comes with like, like, like that, that moment where Ranma like thinks Akane is the duck. And like takes the duck back yeah, and yeah, tries yeah. to to change it, and that it doesn't change, you know. Like, yeah, let's get married, you know, like that that kind of thing. And the ducks, like the, it, the funny part is, like the duck gives him like funny looks and stuff, you know, like yeah. that, 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 like those those kind of things, like like that that kind of hijinks cracks me up. Like I don't have any like undercurrent of like why are you abusing that duck? You know, like there's, there's, it's not like the girl with the, the food cart, like where I feel bad, like uh, deep down inside, like this is just, you know, amusing to me. Like the duck's not getting hurt. Like Ranma's not really getting hurt, but it's still kind of funny, you know, like it's this funny kind of bit or whatever, you know, where, whereas like, it's like it's some of the bits with, 
Haposai are funny, but yet at the same time they're kind of at the expense of Tendo and Satome, you know, like where you're like, oh, you know, it, it's funny that he's taking all these panties and all this other dumb shit, but then at the same time you're kind of like, well, it's like when they shove all those panties in uh, in the, the duffel bags, you know, and it's like Satome and Tendo have to go with him, like, then, then it's like you kind of feel bad for those guys because they don't really want to do that and and like i i can't help myself i'm sitting there like trying to figure out like what would i do and that it's like why, why would you take those panties why don't you just put them all back as soon as he steals them like why yeah. are you running around with this duffel bag of shit like i don't you know i don't know like there's there's all this kind of stuff that goes through my head whereas like the duck stuff like i don't i don't think i i, I was just totally engrossed in the comedic aspect of it where it's like he thinks the duck is a kane and it's really funny like because and then the duck of course is giving him funny ass looks too you know and it's like that's that that kind of stuff i thought was amusing i mean i i, I think i think that you know ryoga continues to amuse whether it's you know his direction lessness like i i dug the moment where it's like they him and ranma have you know what mike likes to call a rival fusion where they're like yeah we're gonna go and we're gonna you know we're gonna go there together and it's like and rio goes like well i will find my way by myself and he's like give me that you couldn't find your way out of a fucking paper bag like <laughs> like we're think it's left but it's really right like like come on go like like just let me do the direction did you did you like the episode where shampoo's great granny was actually training ryoga to fight rama yeah yeah i mean that was that was cool i mean you know it's it, it's weird though because i think like sometimes like i'm i'm trying to wonder like where those things ultimately because it's like, again, it seems like the the comedy takes precedence, you know, so it's like, I, I, I kind of feel like we're, uh, I will be probably constantly teased throughout the course of this viewing with the potential of the final awesome, you know, Ryoga Ranma showdown, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, that's probably either never going to come or, or if it does come, it'll come like way, way later in the series or something like that. So I, 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 I can appreciate being teased but at the same time i i guess in the back of my head i kind of know that like a lot of this stuff now I, I i feel like especially because of some of the things that happened with haposai like i'm like if they can't get like super serious with you know a guy that's gonna like harness the chi energies and this and that and the other thing it's like well how how serious can it possibly get you know like because ultimately anytime the fighting gets like super intense like even with that girl the 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 cart girl you know, uh, Yukio. Yukio, Yukio, even with Yukio, like, it's like when the fighting gets really, really intense before you know it, I think like they make Ryoga like, you know, cut her shirt open. So, or, you know, you can see it's like, look, she's got boobs, dude, you know, like <laughs> in that kind of thing. And so it's like a lot of that aspect, whether it's comedic and, and, and maybe sexually charged comedy, you know, like then, then it diffuses the the peril and or climax to a degree like the climax is that like as opposed to the climax is like i don't know two guys like you know fighting each other to the death you know it's like that the climax is actually whoops like we accidentally cut your shirt open wah, wah, wah. you know and, that, and that's essentially the climax so you know but that's i don't i don't know if that answered your question but it's like i enjoy watching that kind of stuff but but i i kind of know I, I can kind of see through some of the tricks to elongate that 
continued, you know, subplot, I guess. I thought Tsubasa was kind of weird, though. Yeah, I uh, I kind of forgot about him, which, you know, you were talking about, like, the love triangle goes to, like, an octagon. Like, that. this one's kind of weird because it's, like, Tsubasa is a guy who likes to dress as a girl. Yeah. Yukio is a girl who likes to dress as a guy. Tsubasa is in love with Yukio. And you're just like, wait, there's a lot of... Let me wrap my brain. Let me wrap my brain around this because there's a lot of layers to this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and, and you know, you talk about like Shakespeare and stuff. It's like it's like it's like toppling like all those kind of you know comedy of errors bits, mm-hmm. but but it's like compounding them and and also turning them up to eleven. You know, like where it's like you're 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 sitting there kind of going, okay, so there are these you know, like you're saying, it's like and and, and you don't know all that up front either. I mean, I mean, from from my perspective as a new viewer, like I thought Tsubasa was a girl who didn't know that she liked a guy that was really a girl. But it turns out Tsubasa is a guy who likes dressing up as a girl who knew the quote unquote guy she liked was really a girl. Derek, did that subvert your expectations? It subverted my expectations. <laughs> I had no idea it was coming. Which makes it awesome. I don't, I don't know if it makes it awesome, but, but it, I mean, it, it, that was something where you're just kind of like, yeah, that's a lot to, I mean, you know, that, that's a lot to wrap your head around, you know? And never mind the fact that Rama changes back and forth yeah. the whole time, you know? So. I think it's weird that like I, I I guess this had never occurred to me, but but looking at all the 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 write ups on things, it seems like the the public persona of Ranma is that he's some kind of expert cross dresser because the the high school students at Ferinkin see him change back and forth so much, and you're thinking like, well, don't they just not know? Aren't they all like Kuno? Don't they all think that they're two separate people? But it seems like there's some sub subsect of students that you know flat out see it and just think like, oh, well, they they don't know about the magic stuff, but they just think he's somehow really awesome at cross-dressing or something i don't i don't know like there, there's that aspect to it too where i'm like that doesn't I, I i never got that from watching it but you know something put forth in writing where i was kind of like oh i you know that that had never occurred to me either that there's the 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 notion that people that are observing all this like we are but can't quite they they don't know the rules they they kind of apply their own rules to the scenario so that it makes sense to them I think another episode I liked was episode 42, Ryoga and Akane together forever. Like, I, I, I like this episode. Like, it, it, you know, it involved Ryoga and the ongoing, you know, new drama with Yukio. And, like, at the beginning, Ryoga gives Yukio directions to the Tendo Dojo with, like, the usual results. Because when she gets there, she's like, he gave me directions to, like, everywhere but here. Yeah. And then, uh, Rama has like this uh, imaginary sequence where he's imagining Akane get ready for a date, and and in the subs, uh, you know, or in, or in the Japanese version, like his like mocking voice of Akane is hilarious. He's like, "Oh, a date? What headway were?" And it's like all kind of like cutesyfied animation and stuff. And like this, this is also like, I think the first of like a couple of times where Rama in his girl type pretends to be like Ryoga's fiance, mm, and Ryoga yeah, yeah. like. He's totally flummoxed, and he's like, "Well, you like me?" And then, you know, of course, he's 
Ryoga, he's clueless, and he's like, oh, well, maybe I could, like, you know, date this girl or whatever. <laughs> and then, like, at the end of the episode, Yukio finds out Rama can turn into the girl type, and they're sitting at the dojo, and she just keeps pouring, like, hot and cold water on him, and, like, she's just, she's just, like, so amused by that, and she's like, ha, 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 like, I don't know why, but that was, like, cracking me up, too. What did you, what did you think about Ukio trying to set up Ryoga and Akane on a date, like, like, is her end game to just get Akane out of the way so that she can, she can just, you know, kind of pursue Ranma uninterrupted, or, or... That, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I took it. Yeah. I, I was kind of rooting for Ryoga, you know, I mean, I knew he wasn't gonna you know, declare his love or, or anything, but I was kind of, like, rooting for him, you know. You know, something that kind of, like, made me sad is, like, one of my favorite characters from season one, like, he only has, like, maybe one appearance in this season, like, uh, Dr. Tofu, you know, who's, oh, like, okay. always yeah. flummoxed by Kasumi. Yeah, yeah, Like, he only shows up once, and I was like, oh, man, he kind of, he kind of got, like, left out or they forgot yeah, about him, yeah, but yeah. I, I was, you know, I was, like, taking a page from your book, like, I was reading on the uh, the wiki and uh, like apparently he doesn't show up anymore i was just like oh, it's it's kind of sad like i liked him he was very uh you know scatterbrained and i i liked whenever he got like frazzled by kasumi he would just you know, he was just totally bonkers and out of his mind it's too bad because i think you know maybe if you had balanced some some of him with haposai stuff then maybe there would have been mm. a nicer balance but yeah, it does seem like they kind of forgot about him. I mean, I I enjoyed, you know, watching this season. I liked watching it. I I sort of I I, I kind of watched it in spurts, like where I I think I I watched like all the moose duck stuff in a in a certain setting, and then mm-hmm. and then I went on to watch like a lot of the Haposai stuff in a certain setting, and I think that's kind of why I got sick of Haposai after a while, because I, I kind of expected it to be like, oh, here's the bits with Moose and Shampoo, here's the bits with Ryoga, here's the bits with, you know what I mean? And and I, I thought maybe, you know, after Haposai supposedly left, I thought maybe we'd move on to some other things, but I was like, it's like, you know, Jim Carrey in the, the end of Batman Forever, it's like, why can't I kill you? <laughs> like why don't you just go away you know and and so like there there was that aspect where i was kind of like oh okay like you know i i I could sense myself getting irritated with the character and maybe that's a reflection of like a a reflection of how well he's written because maybe he's just as irritating to me who's not there (laughs) as he is to the the characters like maybe that's a good reflection because that's how invested i am in these these characters plights because i also am sympathetic and empathetic to them where i also too want him to go the hell away you know like that i that i sort of understand and can can you know sympathize with with that so in our you know binge centric society that we have now like would you say this is something that you could sit down and binge or maybe not binge it's it's interesting like i i think it's probably binge worthy like i see I remember when, like, I, I've kind of explained this before, but I had friends who were super into Ranma and everything, and, and, and I think it got to the point with them where they had binged 
everything they could. And then when something, you know, then, then it got to the point where they were jonesing because they, they had to wait for the new episodes or the new manga or whatever it was that they were hooked into. I, I think, I think with me, I think I'm, I'm perfectly fine covering this as we podcast about it. Like, I, I don't know that I'm necessarily jonesing. Like I'm not, I'm not, you know, smacking my arm, you know, ready to, <laughs> to get to season three. Although I, what I would say is I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I would be upset though. If in other words, like I could see myself like getting to the, this last disc which I did and kind of going, Oh, I could probably see myself popping in like season three, but I was just kind of like sitting there going, you know, I, I'll just wait a little bit. Cause I know we haven't even, you know, at, at that time when I had that thought, I was like, well, we haven't even talked about this. So I don't want to get, I, I think my fear was, I don't want to get too mixed up, you know, as we go, like where, where it's not so much that I don't think it's binge worthy and I don't want to dive into the next episodes, but my fear is I don't want to get so far ahead that I can't distinguish between seasons, I guess. So, so right. like, I, I didn't want to start talking about something from like season five because I've, I've, I've gone ape shit and watched like, you know, 20 million discs or whatever, you know? So it's like, just to, to me, it's like, I, I guess I appreciate the fact that like, I've got these Blu-ray sets and I'm like, good. I watch one, me and Justin talk about it. I watch the second one, me and Justin talk about it, you know? And then, and it's like, now it's like, now I can start watching the third one, you know? Like, and, and so like, in that sense, like it's, it, it's to me, I, I, feel like it's arranged rather nicely and everything i mean i i guess for for the binge question like the the, the only thing that i might have a catch-22 about is like sometimes like so much stuff happens and then and then it gets kind of turned upside down and everything like it, i think sometimes if you watch too much of it all at once you might lose a, a grander appreciation for it like i feel like it's one of those things where like if you kind of like what i was describing like if you were into it you'd go back and catch up to the point where you were and then after that point you just religiously watch it from week to week or something like that but as far as like you know saying to somebody oh you know you should binge watch all seven seasons of these in like a day like <laughs> I, I i start wondering like well how much enjoyment can you get out of that or, or, you know, yeah. how much, how much of that can you retain and appreciate? And so in this sense, I'm kind of glad we're doing it this way because it gives me a chance to sort of reflect on what I've seen and then moving forward into, you know, a subsequent season, you know, kind of hold on to, you know, I guess what I have learned in these previous two seasons, you know, and, and, and who knows, it could extend further than that, you know, because now we're getting to the point where we are loosely discussing differences between, you know, manga and anime and things like that, even though I'm not remotely well-read in the manga, you know, I, I, I think I, I perused it the last time we discussed this just because I was kind of curious about the whole, you know, like in the, in the manga, it seems like they both have dark hair, you know, like there's not the little red haired, distinction when he's in girl girl mode and stuff like that so like there were there were things like that where i was just perusing the artwork and kind of looking it over and everything but as far as like you know doing one of these kind of intensive beat for beat you know story points and seeing where they diverge like i uh, while i enjoy doing that i think that's not something that i'm 
I'm uh, this is probably not the route I'm going down with this kind of stuff. And if if certain distinctions get pointed out to me, and we can you know we can get some good discussion out of them, then I'm all for it. But I I don't think I'm as intensely devoted to uh, you know pointing out you know beat by beat like what what the differences are going to be. I, th- I think for myself, I was just content watching maybe three or four episodes a night and you know just just letting that be that like if they're if i came upon like a, a two or three part episode like i would finish that and maybe just kind of take a break and you know continue the next day like that's that's kind of how i approach it but i i, I think that might be why i i got frustrated with Haposai too because mm. you, you you it was one of those things where you could kind of watch the moose episodes and go oh okay this is this is moose's little arc you know these two or three episodes or whatever and you know oh here's ryoga here's another two or three episodes or whatever but then it's like oh here's Haposai, and i was like okay i did three episodes am i done <laughs> I did three more. Am I done? It's like, wait a minute. I've done like nine episodes. Like, why Why are we still here? You know, like that kind of thing. So I, I think that messed with my my momentum as you, you kind of described it, where it's like, you know, you, you kind of treat it like reading a chapter of a book every night before you go to sleep or something, you know? Like, you're like, oh, I will read this chapter and then go to bed. And it's like, sometimes, you know, you can do that. I will watch this episode or, or this two-parter or whatever and go to bed. But I think, you know, sometimes certain certain paths the story takes, you know, they're not quite as simplistic, you know, as, you know, saying, oh, this is the shampoo arc, this is the moose arc, this is the yoga arc, this is the, you know, Hoposai arc. And you're like, holy shit, the Hoposai arc, it's like, you know, planet fucking Namek blowing up for five <laughs> minutes or whatever. And you're like, I'm going to be here all day, you know, like so. But but yeah yeah no I I see what you're saying because I think I I I don't think I have enough knowledge to definitively cut off when I need to cut off but but I mean I I do feel like I kind of watch them in chunks like you described where I I was watching a lot of the moose episodes in you know maybe two or three episodes you know sittings or something like that and kind of watching it that way and then you know another thing for me because i'm i'm you know watching those blu-rays you know sometimes i feel a sense of accomplishment where i'm like okay there are three discs on this blu-ray set you know and it's like one of those things where it's like i got through half the disc i finished disc one you know i feel good you know like i've done i've done my you know allotment of watching today you know and 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 so you know i i kind of operate from that standpoint too not so much that i'm i'm following any kind of specific arc or anything like that but just the notion that like okay now i finished disc two now i'm moving on to disc three you know and you just kind of feel like okay good like i've you know uh, you know i'm accomplishing these these goals i set out for myself well i think that wraps it up for our discussion of ranma season two but before we sign off i think derek has some listener comments he'd like to share with us yeah, I, I know I know I'm not like super good at keeping up with uh, feedback and emails and everything and I, I, I know you know, because we record usually so far in advance, we kind of, you know, generalize and, and thank people and it is appreciated and I don't want anybody to think that it's not sincere, but you know, a lot of times it is a very general, you know, thank you for the likes and shares and that kind of thing. But uh, a lot of times we don't have very specific comments and feedback related to specific topics or, or, you know, episodes and things like that. But I think with Big in Japan, we did get quite a few 
um, specific comments and everything. And, and I thought, you know, it might be worth going over because it would enlighten the listeners and then also, you know, possibly, you know, spur discussions, you know, amongst ourselves and everything. But uh, this, this first uh, email and uh, Facebook comment, it was kind of both, uh, comes from uh, my friends, the Sutherlands. It's uh, Darren and Ruth, who I met up at HeroesCon, and they do the, um, I guess, the, the Rad Adventures Network, which has Trekker Talk, Warlord Worlds, and Xenozoic Xenophiles. And they actually just started a new, um, a new show that was... Um, basically detectives and everything. I think it's called like Sly Sleuths or something like that. And and the first episode was all about Sherlock Holmes. And I think that, you know, in the future, they just intend to, you know, discuss various, you know, detective characters that have appealed to them, you know, over the years and everything like that. So they've got quite a number of shows on their network. And uh, they are, you know, writing to us about the, the first Ranma one-half episode that we did. Uh, they say, Hi, Derek and Justin. We thoroughly enjoyed your Ranma one-half episode and look forward to catching up on the earlier anime episodes and following them all going forward. We first saw Ranma in fan-sub videos at an anime club at NCSU in the early 1990s and bought the series as it was released on VHS by Viz a few years later and then upgraded to DVD and now Blu-ray. So I'm just going to pause for a second and go that Darren and Ruth are hardcore. They were they were watching the the asswipe fan sub videos way back <laughs> in the day, and yeah. and they upgraded to DVD and VHS and and, and Blu-ray and everything. Uh, so he goes on to say, so you can tell that it is a favorite of ours. We've seen all of the episodes, OVAs, and movies multiple times. And it isn't just Ranma, because we're fans of most everything by Rumiko Takahashi. Uh, My son Ikoku is our favorite, followed closely by Urasai Yatsura and Ranma and then Inuyasha. We were lucky to see Rumiko Takahashi at Anime Expo in the late 1990s, but there were so many fans there, they had a lottery to get her autograph, and sadly, we didn't win. We can give you a little background on the sequencing of Seasons 1 and 2. A story arc was pulled from broadcast because it involved a kidnapping storylines, and there had been some real-life kidnappings in Japan at the time. Also, to improve the ratings, the Japanese broadcaster pulled the introduction of popular character Shampoo forward and ended the first season early. So I, I think this is going into kind of our commentary on, you know, the, right. the discrepancies between, like, the Viz episodes and the, the, the official broadcast air dates and that kind of stuff. The ice skating story arc was then held for season two, even though it was produced in season one. It was definitely weird, because in the original broadcast order, you see a flashback to the ice skating storyline in Season 1 before actually seeing the episodes in Season 2. So when the Blu-ray releases, they restored the production sequence, but left the Season 2 opening credits on those episodes that aired in Season 2. So that would sort of explain why we went from one opening and then back to the previous opening and stuff like that on those sets. There are so many wonderful characters in the series, and Ryoga is a favorite of mine, and I have multiple t-shirts with that character on them. Thanks for a great episode, and I look forward to your discussions of the future seasons, Ruth. 
P.S. I posted this on Facebook too. Sorry for the double post. So, of course, it's no problem that it's double posted because we, we, like I said, we appreciate the feedback and I thought this would be fun to, you know, open up discussion and everything like that. And in fact, I, I, I mean, I, I, I've discussed this with Justin, but I'm, I'm just going to put it on air so we can't avoid it or whatever. But I mean, we have brought up the notion of maybe having Darren and Ruth on Big in Japan, you know, hopefully maybe to talk about Ranma or maybe some other uh, Takahashi type stuff because they obviously seem to be super passionate and super informed about all of it and obviously it's way more than me so so that would be that would be kind of cool and of course um we will you know we like I said either way we we appreciate the emails and the feedback and everything but yeah we would we would definitely love to have them on a show in the future and then um I guess we also have some feedback from a buddy of mine from Deviant Art this is Subjub, who basically, I think we have Rob Kelly to thank for, for Subjub, because I, I know he first started listening to us after I did an episode of Film and Water over on the Fire and Water podcast network, and I think ever since then, he's been kind of a, a loyal listener at that point. Um, he's, he's not only listened to Big Japan, but he left us some comments on, you know, the various comic episodes and, and different episodes and everything. He's always been very supportive and everything, and has left us a lot of positive comments and everything, but I thought that I would just read a few um, comments based on some of the Big in Japan episodes, like specifically Ranma. They're actually, for the, the One Punch Man episode, he did mention, and, and we have discussed this, so it's not something we haven't discussed, but for the One Punch Man episode, he, you know, he writes that, you know, of course, he, he says, uh, this was another good episode. Glad to hear everyone enjoyed One Punch Man. Another show you guys should take a look at is My Hero Academia. It is in the same mold as One Punch Man. I think you guys would like it. And, you know, I did respond back to him, and, and you know, Justin and I have talked about it, and as Justin likes to say, it is on our list, so. Yeah, you know, like, people people keep recommending that I check out that anime, so so I did add it to the list, but I, I have yet to actually sit down and watch an episode of it, but I'm, I'm pretty I, curious. I had, I had been Huluing it for, for a while. I did kind of lose track. But but I know when when Subjub mentioned it, I started checking it out on Hulu based on his recommendation. I, you know, per me, I was watching the dub. You know, and, <laughs> but you know, yeah. I, I I enjoyed it, and and I, I get why he suggested it and everything. I mean, you know, it seems to be along the lines of you know One Punch Man and Tiger and Bunny, you know, things like that, like a, a Japanese take on superheroics and stuff, which, you know, is from our backgrounds, you know, DC, Marvel Comics, superheroes, that kind of thing. It can be, it can be an interesting take, you know, on, on something that we have enjoyment and passion for, but also bring kind of like a, a new, a new sheen, a new layer to it and everything. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think what, you know, basically, I guess the, the reason, you know, I just, I just brought it up because I figured, you know, it is, it is something that is on the docket and, and, you know, we will, we will, you know, get to at some point. So his specific comments on our Ranma, uh, season one episode, um, he says, Oh man, was not expecting to see you guys talk about Ranma, another good one. And then he actually added a follow-up comment uh, he says, to answer your question about the transvestite, because I think I was asking about transvestite stuff. 
because of that live action uh, movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he says, there is a character in the show that is sort of like the character from the movie, but is not really a bad guy. Basically, the episode is that a girl falls in love with Yukio, which is what we talked about tonight, and mm -hmm. she tries to get help from Ranma and the others. The whole episode, you think the <laughs> the whole episode you think the girl is gay, and Akane and female Ranma end up the object of their affection with her near the end, until it's revealed the girl is a guy and is straight and likes dressing up as a girl. Uh, and and this is Subasa, who we were talking about, is his name, and he pops up here and there in the later seasons. So yeah, so this is definitely it, it, this is a good feedback email to read because it directly ties into you know what we what we talked about tonight which again you know like i said the the transvestite in the 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 live action film was a little strange and and Tsubasa is a little strange but you know you know what's weird though is that was uh, I, it seems like in the live action film there were lots of little Tsubasas and then the mm. principal guy was like this old you know, crusty queen Tsubasa. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it, but I, I see what he's saying. The, the the theme is similar, you know, but but I think the age and everything of the characters was was vastly different. You know, like it's not like a Tsubasa is a young character, and, and but but yeah, I, I I see what he's saying now that I've experienced both the live action film and I've watched this season. Like I see the parallels between the two characters and everything. So, and then, and then we've also got some comments on some other stuff for, for uh big in Japan and then comics motherfucker. And I, I know he listens to most of these episodes. So I think I'll cover all this stuff here. Um, but uh, for the Pokemon, the first movie, which was big in Japan, episode five, uh, his comments are, Oh man, this was awesome. I remember when this came out. Me and my family had gone to the theater to see Phantom Menace. I had seen it already, but I was trying to see it again. I was a kid at the time, but as we went in, I noticed they had the Pokemon movie playing. Me and my brother ended up sneaking into the movie, leaving our parents behind in episode one. My mom <laughs> and dad eventually went looking for us, and they found us. They were annoyed, but they stayed there with us, thankfully. Seeing this in the theaters was a blast, and I did manage to snag one of the ancient Mew cards. So, like, like, uh, you know, <laughs> no, like, like Mike. Well, you got one now, right? Like, it's cool, yeah. right? Like, like yeah. it's, it's cool. cool now. <laughs> it's cool now, right? So, anyway, uh, uh, you mentioned the Macross movie. I had managed to watch Robotech on Netflix and really enjoyed it. Have you guys thought about discussing Robotech and all the stuff surrounding this series, the good and the bad? Also, fuck Rotten Tomatoes. So, yeah. So, so yeah, uh, you know, yeah. echoing our, our sentiments on Rotten Tomatoes um, review of Pokemon, the first movie. We we have talked about Robotech type stuff, I guess, specifically yeah. Macross. Like, there is a plan to discuss uh, one of the Macross films uh, that, that is definitely on the docket. I'm trying to remember exactly what episode it was too, but if if Subjub hasn't listened to it, there is there is a fan holes proper show where some of us talked about Robotech, and I yeah I, 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 I remember talking about Macross Zero, but I don't remember what episode that was. Yeah, I, I want to say I I don't know if it was in the '90s or the '80s, but there was there was an episode where we go into that, and and I remembered because I bought that Legacy. Robotech DVD set, and I, you know, got as far as the Macross stuff, and then after that, I kind of stopped watching because 
that that's kind of where my interest sort of wanes. But you know that that was that, and and then again, I was also looking at some of those the the subtitled Macross episodes on Hulu, and then also I think for that episode I was looking at like the the redubbed Macross, or I, I don't know how you'd say that, but you know, the, I I remember I just made a lot of commentary because they got the same lady who who voiced um the singing crazy lady minmei minmei yeah 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 the the, mm. the the japanese va for minmei also did the english dub in macross hmm so and it it's it's really bad like <laughs> i mean it's just like you know i mean it, it's it's kind of like you, you you know you know sometimes i i go into the whole you know uh you know gal gadot thing or whatever like it's like like a billion times worse than any like gal gadot would be pristine english compared to to uh the the lady they got to you know it's like because she's she was the original japanese voice actress i mean you know she's trying but you know i don't know man like it just you know that 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 didn't work but um but yeah so so yeah and then um and then Subjob actually has a couple of follow-up comments on some of our comic episodes. Um, it looks like uh, this one is on the uh, the Thor episode that we did for all the the you know the Ragnarok tie-in and everything. So uh, and that was uh, episode sixteen of Comics, motherfucker. Do you read them? And uh, he says, "Good episode. Even though I'm not the biggest Thor fan, these seemed like good issues. The contest of champions won." do interest me as I'm a big fan of tournament arcs. That would be a good topic to discuss with comments, ones that do a tournament arc. So I'm, I'm sure we could probably come up with a bunch of stuff like that, but um, I, I don't know that we have anything on the docket with tournament comics, but that's definitely something. You know, you know what I wanted to do that we haven't done either is, at some point, I kind of wanted to do, like, remember how I pitched that idea about, like, a, a best-in-fight instead of, like, a best-in-show where we talk about, like, anime episodes with fights that we think were really cool. Like, oh, yeah. There, there was that. So maybe at some point we'll we'll do that as well. Then this was on the Comics Motherfucker Do You Read Them episode 19, which was one of our Justice League tie-in episodes. Um, so he says, uh, another good episode. I had enjoyed the cyborg part, though I forgot how sullen and angry he was when he first appeared. I have been introduced to him and the rest of the Titans due to the cartoon and much prefer his portrayal in that. So kind of similar to your comments, Justin. Yeah. I'm surprised his relationship with Sarah Sims wasn't brought up. I can't remember if they broke them up because they got complaints of them being an interracial couple or that he should have been with a black girl anyways. I'm surprised there hasn't been a push to bring that relationship back since that seems to be the big thing to show how diverse things are i totally forgot about ron evers and was surprised he was brought back as a cyborg i think he has some potential as a villain if it were me i would use the design they used for the cyborg brother blood they used in the animated series and to use his personality but maybe instead of blaming the man he never takes responsibility for his actions and always blame someone else for his misfortune and have him choose to become cyborg out of jealousy and pettiness where where cyborg was saved by his dad and it was more selfless maybe give him the 
Siberian name Vic had in the 90s. And then I think I did uh, reply back to him. Like, I, I hadn't even thought about Sarah Sims, so I just told him, you know, good call on Sarah Sims. And then what I remembered was, like, she was she was in those Galactic Guardian cartoons, like, at least in one of the episodes. So I remember her in that. And, uh, and then, and then I did some research cause I was curious, like, and I said, she never appeared on the Teen Titans cartoon, you know, the, the Glenn Murakami one, but it looks like she actually made some appearances in the tie-in comic, the Teen Titans Go tie-in comic to that series. Mm -hmm. So th th it looks like there is a version of her in that universe even though it's the the tie-in comic and then he just kind of followed up and said yeah it was kind of weird she showed up a lot in the teen titans go comic and they actually had them develop a relationship that seemed like something they should have done on the actual show and and those are you know those are uh the the feedback comments from both uh ruth and darren sutherland and subjob and i i just felt like since we we um since a lot of them dealt with Ranma and specifically tied in with stuff, I figured it'd be a good a good point in time to uh, to read all those and and you know let everybody know that we we definitely appreciate those and and that even if we don't get to them right away, you know I know there's like what is this like an eight month delay or whatever, but like <laughs> we'll 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 get to them eventually. So. It's all wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Timey wimey, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Timey wimey. Well, Derek. Other than ancient 3,000-year-old Chinese texts that Haposai has hidden, where else can listeners find us? If listeners would like to find us, they can find the backlog of all our episodes. If you want to track down that, that Macross slash Robotech episode we were talking about, you can go to fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. That was one of our proper shows. Of course, in addition to Big in Japan, we've got all kinds of other shows like the proper show. We've got... Transformers Tuesdays, Toku Thursdays, Sentai Saturdays, Comics Motherfucker, Do You Read Them? And we've got Justice, not entirely dissimilar to Lightning, a Thunderbolts podcast, and Mobile Suit Mondays. So I think that covers everything. Yeah, I, I think that pretty much covers most of the stuff that we do there. And of course, you can find us and all the other backlog of the shows there. If you have any comments, questions, and or concerns, like Ruth or Darren, you can email us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, of course, we're on all kinds of social media. That's where Subjub uh, connected with myself on DeviantArt. We have a uh, Facebook page. We've got a Twitter. We've got Tumblr, Instagram, so we're on all kinds of social media, and of course we appreciate all the likes and feedback and shares and retweets and all that good stuff that we get there, and I think that'll do it. So, yeah, this is Derek, signing off. This is Justin, signing off. Don't bully Pete Chandler.